On today's show, please welcome the original American Gladiator, Zap. Hi, I'm actually Ray Hollett. For many of the bodybuilding fans out there, and as Gladiator fans, they know me as Zap. But I'm Ray. Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike Grand Show. And today's special guest, she was one of the original American Gladiators, Zap. Please welcome Ray Hollett. Hey, Ray, how are you? Finally got on this show. It's tough to get on your show. I know. I'm happy, I'm happy to have you. We're, I'm happy to do this. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here today. We're going to have a lot of fun today, guys. And Ray has an amazing career. And you started out as a bodybuilder. So the first question I wanna ask you is, how did you get started in bodybuilding? Mike, I'm originally from Pennsylvania and I grew up uh, pretty much an athlete doing double sports. I actually wanted to be in the Olympics. I was so skinny, uh, people thought I had an eating disorder, but that's just my family. We're all really thin. Uh, I graduated high school about 107 pounds and I met a, I worked as a bartender in a place in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, near Scranton, Joe Biden's hometown, whatever. And I met a bouncer. Now this bouncer wanted to do back in the day, back in the eighties, a couples competition and in the Mr. Universe, which was a Mr. and Mrs. Universe. And we started training in the gym. And that's how I ended up into bodybuilding because I couldn't stand being 107 pounds anymore. And we just, I loved every second of it. Train, 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 overeat, overeat. And then he heard about, uh, he hurt his back, could not go into the competition. So I went into a smaller competition by myself and I won it. And then I won the Miss Pennsylvania. After that, it was balls to the walls. And I got on a plane, left Pennsylvania to the Mecca of bodybuilding in Venice, California. Awesome. And now before bodybuilding, you were actually a paralegal, correct? Um, I would say when I got to Los Angeles, and I went into Gold's Gym. I only had a couple thousand dollars that I had saved because I was still young. I was about 20. And yeah, I typed really, really fast. I took shorthand and I went into a downtown firm called Latham and Watkins. And I ended up being a paralegal for about seven years but bodybuilding doesn't pay any money. So you have to support your, your, I wouldn't say a habit, but so I worked as a paralegal and trained a lot of hours a day. And then the segue is, 
you became an American gladiator. <laughs> yeah, I had no intention of ever being an actress, but I always watched like Bruce Jenner and the Olympics. And I have a plethora of sports that I did during high school. I decided I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I had already won the Miss Anthracite, which was a local Wilkes-Barre competition. And I was so skinny. And then I put on a little bit more muscle and I won the Miss Pennsylvania. After that, it was bye-bye Pennsylvania. Here I come, Los Angeles. My mother gave me a one-way ticket and said, go make something of yourself. And it was the most, the biggest experience, obviously, of my life. And was this the first time where you actually went like across the country by yourself and on your own and started like, you know, or were you always somebody that kind of stayed at home a lot in your hometown? Uh, this was one of the most adventurous things I had ever done. Um, being from a small town in Pennsylvania, never traveling. I mean, I grew up in a trailer and I got my mom's blessings to go to Los Angeles on a one-way ticket and I did. And I got so lucky. I just wanted to go to the Mecca of bodybuilding. I was so into all the magazines and the Rachel McLeish and Arnold back then was just coming up and boy, was he gorgeous. And then for Rigno, I was spellbound and I ended up in a, a place called the Kensington Motel in Venice, which is now a huge Lowe's hotel. But at the Kensington, I got off the airplane, but I was a pretty strong, confident woman at that time. Um, I had the taxi guy take me any place, give me a hotel near Gold's Venice. I just want to be at the Mecca of bodybuilding. I got dropped off at this place called the Kensington and any old bodybuilders who are watching would know. And the first night I was there, I was not scared, excited, but I went to get something out of the vending machine. And nonetheless, my Christian was right behind me. And I had a split in my pants, in my, in my tights. And he was the coolest, kindest gentleman. And he asked me, you're new. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, my wife, and I knew who he was. And he said, why don't you go take those off, change into something else, let my wife sew those for you. It was like, I couldn't sleep. The next morning, so Mike brings it back because his whole family was staying there. And then the next morning, I go with my backpack and my tights that were sewn and I walk out and start walking and who picks me up? The barbarian twins in a Jeep. I'm walking down towards um, Gold's Gym and they saw me, I, maybe they saw me because they were there too. Maybe they saw me talking to Mike and they gave me a ride. I couldn't believe, I threw my backpack in the back of this Jeep and red Jeep, I'll never forget it. And we, it was only like a half a mile. 
and we got out. I walked in with them and my life has changed since then. Now, many people, you know, bodybuilding is this huge thing, you know, now more than ever. And I want to know what kind of hard work and discipline it took for you to stay, you know, with bodybuilding and that somebody has to have, like, there's a viewer out there who's just getting started. What kind of advice would you give to them? Well, get rid of your ego. That's first of all, because when I got to LA, I thought I was all it because I had won two bodybuilding contests, like, and then walking into Gold's and seeing Rick Valeni, Charles Glass under their tutelage, I got with the best of the best straight off. And that was a godsend. Um, the real, but the thing with the bodybuilding today, as it was back in the 80s and 90s, it's changed. I mean, even the Olympia women are no more. I mean, I, my idols were uh, Bev Francis and, and uh, because I was still pretty small for a bodybuilder um, and Bev was powerlifting, I started powerlifting in order to put on the muscle. Um, and of course the diet, I've always been disciplined. That wasn't a problem. And when you don't have a lot of money, you're pretty much eating tuna out of a can over a yam. But it worked for me. And then I just met so many different celebrities, athletes, pro bodybuilders. I mean, I got into the thick of it and then it just took off until this little show called American Gladiators sucked me in. Yep, and we all know you from American Gladiators and you were, you know, you were the original one, Zap, who actually, I heard, is it true that you didn't even have to audition to get on the show because they saw you in a movie? I audition. I did not want to be an actress. Didn't have any idea what that was about. All I knew is being in a law firm, it's, it's really intellect driven. And so it was work, gym, work, gym. And then uh, there was a notice at the front desk at, at Gold's in Venice. And one of the managers said it was for a casting call. And I didn't know anything. I was like, eh. he's like, just go over now. I was like, uh. and he's like, go. So I did. And because I believe I didn't know what I was doing. I picked up the lines. It was for Blake Edwards, who I didn't know who was. I didn't know him. John Ritter, maybe a little, but I was kind of busy and young at that time. And it was for Lonnie and I read for it and it was look, uh, Lonnie's character was looking for a, a very female looking woman, but once she unclothed, was extremely muscular. And at that time, Mike, I, ha I had been powerlifting like competitively and doing strength shows. So I was up over 170. That's big for a five foot six woman, but I still looked 
feminine. So I walked in, didn't know what I was doing, picked up the sides and just read them. I just read it. I was like, mm -hmm, uh -huh, mm -hmm. I didn't memorize anything. And that was the end of that. The audition was over. Every other bodybuilder women, woman in that age, in the 80s, it was 88, um, who tried out. Um, I had a track suit on anyway, and they wanted to see what I looked like underneath. And so I unzipped it and I had my you know, sports bra on and they stopped the casting and that was it. That was my inception into not even a, a small role in a film. This was major, but being not knowing what I was getting into or who the heck I was getting into it with, I wasn't gonna say it was scary, it was exciting. Cause I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And they just walked me through it. John Ritter sat down with me in his trailer and walked me through the scenes. And he's like, you know, Ray, you have to memorize these lines. And I was like, yeah, I kind of gather that. And then Blake Edwards was amazing and God rest both their souls because they both passed. Um, but that was iconic. And that's how uh, I segued into the American Gladiators. And it was a huge hit, seven seasons. It was great. Um, you were there for almost all of it. You know, the, the last season you weren't because because I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about this a little later because you came back as a competitor. I don't wanna spoiler alert for anybody because we're gonna discuss that. But that it was- That was 30 years ago. Yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler alert. <laughs> But it was definitely so much fun. And I just got to ask you, first off, how did you, how did the Gladiators get their names? Is that something that you guys chose or did the producers do that? Well, first off, again, I had no intention of being an actress. Even after I did the film, I didn't realize how big it was going to be because I really didn't know who these people were. It was just like, well, it was kind of fun. I got paid a lot of money. They treated me really well and it was fun. But the man who created American Gladiators, his name is Johnny Ferraro. His father was a huge fan of mine. He had a poster on the door, life-size poster of me in his garage and he used to train to it. I mean, and that's like so heartwarming, but then came along this idea of the show concept American Gladiators. And I wasn't interested really because I was too involved in other things, way too many magazines for the bodybuilding, um, getting invited all over the country to, to do the bodybuilding stuff. So um, except when you have a man knock on your door they came, he picked me up in a limo, believe it or not, his name is Johnny Ferraro, his dad passed, but he and Gemini, Mike Horton, came in a limo and picked me up and took me to the studio. I didn't have to audition. I guess they had 
hundreds of people besides the contenders that those were thousands of contenders but hundreds of people trying to be gladiators uh, again what's it's crazy i had no interest but i sat in the the you know mike is a very large six foot five intimidating football player and they're like we just we want you to we want to see you don't have to you know do any audition we want to see you run an obstacle course i was the only one there i was like why and they're like, we just, we, we have this show, we've got you in mind, they're characters, and I guess Nitro, Gemini, Malibu, Lace, and Sky, or Sunny, excuse me, Sunny, and then Zap. And I, I guess that I fit Zap, which meant, first of all, they wanted to see if I can do what I thought I could do. They had me run an obstacle course on the inside of the studio, which was like a cakewalk. <laughs> I had done so many sports when I was young, um, double sports. And I used to watch Celebrity of the Network Stars. I loved that show. It's what, that's one of the reasons why I was like, hmm, this could be interesting. So I got out of the limo got up um, on the obstacle course. It was so easy. And I was like, okay, what next? I'm like, you're Zap. I'm like, what's Zap? You're gonna be, gets in fast, strikes hard, leaves a ton of damage, and it's gone in a flash. So those gladiators, they all had like some character names, basically they were incepted with. Well, they didn't know what they were getting into. I don't think so. From the beginning, it was, hey, let's put a pilot out and see what we can do with this. It was the inception of reality TV, uh, reality TV shows for sports. Bar none, okay? I used to watch uh, Celebrity of the Network Stars. I was fascinated with that. I always thought it was funny. They were good. They weren't really athletes, but hmm, they held their own. But once I did the obstacle course and, and I got off, um, and they said, you are our Zap. Now, I don't know. I know Gemini had already been, I, I'm going to say cast. Nitro, Dan Clark. Nitro, explosive. Gemini, different personalities. Lace, very sexy. Michael Perret's ex-wife, uh, Marissa Perret. Um, Sunny was a very tall, geez, six foot two, blonde, Sunny. Uh, she was a, um, a bicycle, a cyclist. And then I think there was me, right? Oh, forgot about Malibu. Don't forget Malibu. Nobody can forget about Malibu, even though he was on only for the first couple shows. He took a, a hit bad. So other than that, um, I'm. they told me, you are Zap. You are going to come in, cause a lot of damage, like lightning, get out fast, and Zap. I was like, okay, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. 
I was like, sounds good. Let's work, I guess. I had to quit the law firm, which I wasn't happy about doing. But once I got into the ring or uh, up at Universal, when they had the, the pilot, uh, it was kind of interesting to see the COVID with the people in the bleachers that were cut out the crowd, they were cut out audience members. And the first time that we went in to do these games, we go into the arena and it was all cut out audience members. There weren't any people in there, but it really didn't matter because we didn't know what we were doing. Sure enough, uh, it got picked up. Um, we were at Universal after the first season and then they made us like a, a tour so that let's say you go to see Jaws. You get out, you go see the Jaws tour. You get out and you go see um, Lassie. You get to see the dog. Well, then you get to go to the gladiators and everybody has to get out. And that's how they kind of filled the uh, arena, which is so, but you don't know. I mean, I was back, in, what was like 20, 21? We didn't know what we were getting into. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call and it goes rampant. That that put the kibosh on my uh, bodybuilding career. Yep. And then in the beginning, like you said, there were three female and three male gladiators. Then over the course of the years, we got to know a lot more gladiators. Um, some came and went. A lot of the mainstay ones, for example, were Nitro, was there for a very long time, Laser, Ice, Turbo, among some other ones. Um, who, who would you say you were the closest with out of all the gladiators over the years? I believe Ice, because Ice came in for me. Um, all the women were pretty much bodybuilders. And Ice, I ended up pregnant on the third season. Nobody knew it. I didn't tell anybody. I was having so much fun. I was really good at entertaining the crowd. And so it became like the Nitro and Zap show because we'd get out there. And once the once we left um, Universal, thank goodness, we went to MGM and then it was the real deal. The, I mean, we were packed because I guess the show caught on. Um, but nobody knew I was, I got pregnant the third season. And I can almost kick myself because she picked, they got to pick their own names after that, after the first six of us. And she picked the ice, ice baby and she rocked it. And she's still my friend and she still rocks it. Yep, with the saying, nobody can break the ice. I remember that as well that she used to say. And Ice was an excellent uh, gladiator there. And then one question I do have, um, they did have a second Lace later on that was there for a couple episodes. Was there a particular reason why they named her Lace that you know, since they honestly, already had a previous Lace? Honestly, Mike, because the show became so at Marissa Perret 
was not really an athlete. She was more playboy, showy, sexy. But when it came to the games, it started to get where it, you're going to get hurt. That, that sex appeal only lasts a little. You still have to go out. And these contenders are coming in. I don't know if people understand this, but they are coming in with blood. I mean, they wanted to take us out, make a name for themselves, and some did. But that's why it was a revolving door, because I don't know why they had such a hard time finding people who can actually entertain like nitro and i were the most in your face gladiators ice kind of laser kind of tower kind of there weren't many who were ready to get on a mic and get the audience standing up and getting going which got the blood pumping and just um I think it was awesome that they chose Lace in the beginning because it was sex appeal. But then, Mike, it got real serious, real serious. You better have been an athlete. And that's why some of the, the gladiators in the third and the fourth and the fifth season were big, big athletes. Mm -hmm. And the guys, too. Yep. And now with so many amazing contenders, because they, call, they called, you know, the contestants the contenders back then, were there any contenders that you looked at and thought to yourself, they would make a great gladiator? No, I don't see any contenders that would have made a great gladiator. I really don't. Quite frankly, they were athletes, pretty much collegiate athletes or basketball players, or even maybe some of the men but we, we weren't allowed to converse with them at all. I mean, they had their own training room. We had our own training room because it was a reality show and there was a lot of money on the line. And that would have jeopardized things. So we didn't really get to know any of them, none of them. I mean, I've got a few in my head that I would like to take their head off. <laughs> Not now anymore, but back then, because they were, the people who they chose were like firefighters, um, even military for the guys. And boy, we'd get, you had to be really on top of your game. Um, wish I got really on top of my game. So it didn't matter after a while. Was, was there any of them that you thought to yourself, my gosh, they're, they're a real good competitor. Like they're giving me a run for my money at this, at this particular event right now. Is there anybody that stands out? There's only one person, honestly, and I hate to say it, whoever else the contenders are watching, but Wendy Brown was the over seven, six and a half years, seven years she's been the highlight because she came in with this face on and not nice not not how you doing it was balls to the walls she is gonna kick our wrens 
And she, quite frankly, did. She did. And there are all of us, all the gladiators in life. She was a over six foot tall basketball player, I think for USC. I could be wrong. You might want to look that one up. But, and here's the thing that people don't understand is that we are doing this day after day after day after day. The contestants, contenders, they didn't have to do that. So the way that it was shot, we were doing, because it's in a studio with an audience, they would set up, let's just say, the rings, okay? As a gladiator, I would have to go up there and do the rings over and over and over again. And I got really aggravated when I started to get a little angry going, this is not fair for the contender who's gonna go after, who's gonna go third and I'm, I'll kill the first two, but then I'm exhausted by the time the third one comes and then they'll break for lunch and set up a second game. Let's just say the joust and it's the same thing. Like some, like we weren't on all, all day long. I was, I just, I don't know. I just, people wouldn't do certain events. I'd take it. You don't want to do this. I'll take it. Why not? But up at the joust, I had a problem because the first girl up, I'd beat her off in so fast. She'd be off there so fast. Second one. Yeah, knock her down. Third one, I'm already exhausted from doing the rings. So they would do two events. And then fans over the years, this is 30 years ago, fans would go, how come that little one, you couldn't knock her off, but the first one, because it's the way they edited the show. And people didn't understand. It looks like it's back to back to back to, it's not. Yeah, so it had to be really exhausting, you know, back to back to back. Like you said, you know, we don't know that as the viewer. That's why, you know, it's good that, you know, they got to switch up those gladiators in some of those events. So you weren't doing some of the same events over and over. Hopefully sometime that somebody else got a turn so the other one could rest. Um, did you ever get seriously injured on the show? Or who would you say would have had like, like maybe the most serious injury on the show? The most serious injury... Which year, which season? Because Out of any of them, what, what, what people were the gladiators getting injured a lot? Uh, do you remember Malibu? That first, yep. The, and that's why he's so, he's iconic because he had that mane and he's always like the super tan, cool. And he didn't know what the heck he was getting himself into. And there was a, an event called Human Cannonball, where as a contender contestant would be about 30 feet with a rope and a disc between their legs that they would jump on. We are standing on that jousting platform, which is 15 feet off the ground. It was about three feet wide. There's nowhere to go. And 
that was the most momentous. And I th believe, I swear in my gut, it's one of the reasons why the show took off because it was insane. They would come off and fly through the air and we'd have a pad standing like a duck waiting to get smashed with momentum from a person who probably weighs a lot more than you do. And we had to stay on the pedestal. And my favorite thing, and they, they've filmed this several times, was so Malibu, I mean, his hair goes and he goes back and he's about 6'5". He's a very large man. That was the end of it for him. And with me, there was a woman, the woman, Wendy Brown. It's iconic. Everybody knows it's been over 30 years now. She's up there. I'm looking at her thinking, oh, geez, I was scared going. Nobody else would take her on. And a man that I trained, he, he was a physicist and he, I was shaking. I don't want to lose my job or I don't want to lose my teeth or bones. He said, Ray, you got to hit the impact with the impact. Force against force equals nothing. He goes, you got to trust me. When she's coming down, lean into it. It'll take away. And it did. It took, I couldn't believe I did what he said. She came down. I timed it. Boom. And hit her and it was like nothing ever happened she went flying back i stood up everybody stood up going what the hell just happened and i was like ecstatic and that was that's been a highlight for yeah for um, almost 30 some odd years now because nobody could believe that that i didn't get my lose my teeth and it was awesome <laughs> And that kept my job for the next couple of years. And then they got rid of that stupid event. Yeah, that event disappeared. Um, there were so many events. I'm just going to name some of them here. Uh, there was Powerball, which my personal favorite. I loved Powerball. There was the Joust, the Wall, Hang Tough, Atlasphere, Breakthrough and Conquer, the Eliminator. Can you um, tell me which one was your favorite event? And do you have any particular memories of any of these events that just particularly really stand out? I always, I don't know, I don't think any other gladiators prepared, but everything that I do, it takes a lot of discipline. So the rings were my, I'd say favorite and best event because I would play with the contenders. Reason why, because I practiced in Santa Monica, right where I started bodybuilding. They have rings down there and all kinds of apparatus to play on. And I would go and play on it. I played uh, with my daughter, wrapping my legs around. I did like this little twist. It was more to me, for me, entertaining. And I think that's why I lasted so long because I can wait, I can hang on with one hand and wave at the crowd. But Mike, you got to listen to this. I got a little cocky going to the rings. I used to do a spin. Why? I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. I would do a spin. They'd have the fear of God on their face coming, coming around, waiting to get. It was my best event. 
I took a spin. I got clocked right in the center of my forehead with a ring and just completely went down like, and the next thing I knew I was in the locker room, I guess nitro, they ran out and picked me up off the mat. <laughs> it's funny to me because you think you're really good at something and then something like that fluke thing happens and lights were out for Zap. But anyway. And then, you know, after, at one point during the last season, you came back and you were a contestant on the show. So what I want to know is, how did you prepare yourself to be a contestant? How did you see the game? Did you see the game differently now that you were a contender? I had been on the show for six seasons. Producers, production company, point, MGM, and every time it changed, they didn't really understand the gladiators that we knew what the heck we were doing. And um, I remember being on the joust, my best, my best event ever, because I hated being up there. I couldn't stand it. I was going up against a lot, uh, a lot of different contenders that were a lot bigger and taller. And I had a technique and everybody knew it. I would put the, the stick on my hip. I'd get low. I wouldn't even look at the contender. I just knew that they, they can only be over there. So I would just wail, wail, wail at them. And this was my last straw when there was a new production company and producer that came in and said, uh, zap, I was up on, on the platform. And I had been doing this for six years. Zap, you gotta put the gloves on. I was like, I can't wear those gloves. I have the tiniest hands. I've got baby hands. I know, I've been doing this, I, I'm, I'm good. No, it's a liability. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? They were like hockey. They were huge down to here. I couldn't hang on to the stick. And there's like, either do that or get out. I'll never forget that. That was one of the last, one of the reasons why I walked out. It was because I went up there. I couldn't hold on to the stick. As soon as I went like that, the stick went. And I threw it down. They didn't put this in. They didn't edit it in. I jumped down and I walked off. And that was, that was it for me. Don't tell me how to do my job. I'm really good at what I do. And I'm an entertainer. I look like an idiot because the stick fell out of my hands. What the heck is that? To me, that's poor judgment. And so I left and I was sitting in Malibu on my bluff and I just did Playboy in 96. I got a call to do Playboy. Um, Gladiators didn't want any, they wouldn't even take me back because I'm, it's a kind of a kid show, but not really. And I had just done JAG where I cut all my hair off, um, thinking I had um, a new series because now 
I've already been on television. I know how to entertain, kind of know how to act. And Don Belisario offered me this job for this wonderful military law, judge advocate general, right up my alley. And I became Lieutenant Cassie Puller. And I went down to Corpus Christi, did the pilot. But I had, before that, after I quit Gladiators, I got test shots for Playboy. And I had, I always had the long hair, you know, voluptuous, pretty. I didn't hear back from them. We did test shots, they were gorgeous. They were in Hawaii. And then, so I cut all my hair off and I did the pilot for JAG thinking, um, man, this is right up my alley. Here we go with a whole nother series, you know, oh my gosh, down in Corpus Christi on a, a, a battleship. That's where we filmed for six weeks. I was like, awesome. I get a call from headquarters in Chicago from Playboy saying, Hef said yes. My mouth dropped thinking, that's great, except my hair is up to here because I didn't think I had a chance in heck. I said, heck, Mike, that I would ever do Playboy. And it all kind of, again, I think I have a horseshoe up my butt because getting to do the pilot, yeah, not doing the series, that's okay. But then I'm sitting on the bluff after I just did Playboy in the desert with short hair, 96 by the way. And then I get a call from the producers saying, we have an idea. We want you to come back. Uh-uh, no, um, I just did Playboy. I'm good, I'm golden. Like, yeah, but as a contestant against your fellow gladiators. And I'm looking over the Pacific, sitting in a lawn chair. I remember it specifically going, how much? Not kidding. They said this amount. And I said, you know what, double it. I'll be there. Done. That was it. That's how that ended. And then at the total end of me going against my friends, it, it was kind of funny because I have had been an experienced gladiator for so long. I knew how to run up the wall. I knew how to joust. I knew how to pick a game. I was so experienced with it. But the other gladiators are like, let's just have fun. So Ice and I are jousting each other. It was kind of funny. I mean, short hair. And I had lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight to do Playboy. And then um, Dallas, Shannon Hall, who's another close friend. Too bad the show didn't go on because she would have rocked it. Um, I went against her and again, Mike, what people don't understand, we do all these games, all these games, and then 
the eliminator is like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight, after you've already done everything, you're exhausted. Now, Dallas is about 15 years younger than I, and we went head to head, head to head on everything, everything. And it was fun, but then at the end of the eliminator, um, you had to climb over the walls to the end and me being the entertainer and not wanting to do another show, I went up the wall and sat there and waved and said, out with the old, in with the new. Congratulations, Dallas. And I ended it like that. I thought that was very entertaining. And then the show ended. Like, no, the show ended. <laughs> yep. And you did get to go on tour. Can you tell us about the tour that the American Gladiators went on? One of the most memorable moments in my entire life and probably will be forever is when we went on tour on that 100 city tour um, starting in Maine. We ended up in Madison Square Gardens. Granted, Again, people don't, aren't understanding. We would do the show, say goodbye, get on the bus, our tour bus, go to the hotel for a couple hours, get back on the bus, go to the venue for a bunch of real blood hungry, pretty much college athletes that wanted to kick our rents. And we're going night after night after night, injury after injury, no sleep, going, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Who wants to pick up this? Who wants to do that? We got to Madison Square Garden and the announcer says, anybody want to know where Zap's been? And I came out with my daughter, Teddy, Teddy Ray, on my hand, and I lifted her up in front of a sold out arena and I held her up in my hand and she's I have pictures of this it's fabulous and pulled her back down handed her off to my mom and then it just kind of was a recharge like let's go and that was awesome then I quit in Texas I was done anyway hundred cities is a lot of cities <laughs> So tell everybody, what have you been up to after American Gladiators ended? What did you decide to do after that? Oh, hi, Mike. There you are. Well, besides going into menopause and leaving Los Angeles, I had had it with bit parts. Um, parts for it's it's acting is a tough gig and I wasn't really into it to begin with at all. So um, my daughter's you know, been growing up, all the other gladiators, we all dispersed around the country and you know, Idaho, Montana, Florida. So we all lost a lot of touch, but that's, you know, that's par for the course. Um, and 
I was in LA, it was getting, you know, going on auditions that for a day player part was not in my, wasn't gonna happen. So I ended up, we ended up leaving Los Angeles um, with my honey at the time. And we moved to South Lake Tahoe and I got a job immediately. I didn't even have to, let's say audition. Um, the man who hired me as a snowboard instructor didn't even know me. He got the job. I met him. He's like, I know who you are. He's like, yeah, I can, I can tell you, you know what you're doing. And I did. And I've been doing that for about eh, five years, got married in 2017, um, and enjoying this life up here. Although, um, out of the blue, three decades later, Nitro gives a call and we are back in the game. Netflix picked up a docu-series on American Gladiators. Um, the primary players, um, Nitro, me, Ice, Tower, Laser, um, I think that's about it. It's so funny. I'm looking at a, a box. I'm not sure who else they have, but we already shot that down in LA. It won't be out until um, later. So whenever you air this, it's fine. Um, but that was really interesting to see everybody who's still really in shape and doing really well with their lives. Nitro wrote three books. It's incredible. Three books. He had a heart attack. He almost died. Um, and I'm just enjoying the quality of life up here. Uh, LA became a little bit too toxic and getting older and having my daughter. I just like the mountains. I'm from Pennsylvania and you know, everything comes right around until you have to go back down to LA and film for Netflix. It should be interesting. We got a lot of good stories. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I can't wait to watch it. That's going to be so much fun to watch. And, and the original American Gladiators is on Pluto TV. They have a whole channel that you can watch the original American Gladiators as well, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's fun for you guys. It's not fun for us. <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali, when they did the last and they tried... That new version of the gladiators that they really tried to do didn't work out. And we were there, um, me, Nitro, and Ice sat with Johnny Ferraro, the creator, and we're going, what are they doing? Because they made, first of all, they shouldn't have had Hulk Hogan, Terry, or Layla Ali as the hosts, they didn't fit in. They weren't commentators. So then it started, people start asking, is this fixed? Is it like uh, wrestling? And I can totally understand why they said that because these poor gladiators that thought that they would come in our shoes, which would have been fine. Some had wings, Helga, who was Robin Coleman, had 
braids down to here and it's like a viking and then there's water it just it was we knew it wasn't gonna go okay and now it's time to play the lightning round so i'm gonna name you two things and you just tell me which one you prefer do you prefer pizza or calzone calzone let's make a deal or deal or no deal since i was on both shows Jeopardy. <laughs> a Walkman or a Discman? I don't even know what a Discman is, so. <laughs> That's like a CD version of a Walkman. Do you remember those? <laughs> earbuds off my cell phone, so I don't have to walk around with it in the gym. <laughs> in an argument, do you prefer to give the person the silent treatment or yell out loud? In an argument, I like, I'd be quiet. I'm quiet. I'm quiet. And then it boils. And good luck with the wrath of Ray. Do you prefer the original Scream movie or the new Scream movie? I haven't seen the new one, so I could care less. But the first one was awesome because I love all the friends that were in that movie that yep. I have. Christina Applegate or Christina Aguilera? Considering I've been watching Christina Applegate on her new shows, she's awesome. I have total respect for uh, Christina Aguilera. Although Applegate, starting back when I started, has made a hell of a career for herself and she's a hell of an actress. Yep. Are you a hoarder or do you throw everything out? I throw everything out. Do you prefer Cheez-Its or Cheetos? I prefer neither. That's processed crappy food. <laughs> do you like to save your money or spend your money? I'm frugal. <laughs> Joe I like to invest my money, Mike. Yes, me too. <laughs> Joe Millionaire or The Bachelor? Neither. Don't watch. <laughs> Waste of my time. I'm investing my money. <laughs> Spotify or Pandora? Pandora. And would you rather discover a new species or discover a new star? Well, I am watching Aliens and I'm quite fascinated in Aliens. So that's got my attention. But I think when it comes to aliens, there are species involved and stars involved. Okay, thank you so much for joining us here today. All right, Mike. So what would you like to say to all the fans who are watching? Well, this has been interesting because it's been 30 years plus. Um, Actually, it's been 33 years, and I know that because of how old my daughter is, who's 31, and some of the other gladiators are grandparents, um, which baffles me, but that's okay. Um, it's just like, we cannot believe it's so iconic, and with the whole Netflix docuseries that they're interested in doing, you know, a series on us. I, I, and I truly believe, and I've watched a lot of document, documentaries lately, that you really don't get it. You don't 
we don't get it. We kind of like scratch our head going, were we on that show? Okay, thank you again for joining us here today. And thank you guys for watching. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching.